Welcome to Reflection of Us at the Cube. I'm Zah. I'm Reagan. And today we will be interviewing Monica Cooper, founder and executive director of Maryland Justice Project. Thank you for joining us today. Hey guys, it's, it's my pleasure to, to be here. Our first question is, why did you choose the path to go down? Why did I choose the path that I went down? Well, well, I guess um, uh, as you get older and as I've gotten older, I start doing what you call reflecting. And reflecting and looking back on my life and my decision-making, one, I realized that the decisions that I made when I was younger can catch up to me now that I'm older. But when I grew up as a young teenager, I felt like the adults around me didn't understand me. I felt like my needs weren't being met by the adults around me. And, you know, both of my parents were caught up in active drug addiction. And by the time I got 12 years old, I was out in the streets because I felt like I wasn't getting the love that I needed at home. So I started looking for love and friendship in the streets. So my friends became like my family. My associates that I was running the streets with, they became like my family. Instead of me spending time doing my homework with my family, most of my time I spent with my friends in the streets. So, and hanging out in the streets and looking for something that I thought was missing, I end up running the streets, selling drugs, doing all kinds of stuff until I end up in trouble behind bars. So if I had to narrow it down to say, well, what was one of the reasons that I end up taking that path I would say because what I needed and what I wanted at the time as a young child, I wasn't getting that home. Okay. Uh, my second question, what was your worst part being arrested? Well, the, the worst part about it was that I felt embarrassed and I felt ashamed because even though I, you know, looked at my family like I didn't get what I needed or what I wanted. I, um, the worst part about it was the fact that I even broke the law. I felt like I embarrassed my mother. I felt like I embarrassed my family. And I felt ashamed that I would be out there, you know, resorting to that type of lifestyle because I wasn't raised like that. I came from a god family. And I know that they did the best that they could, and they certainly didn't raise me to be out in the street breaking the law and committing crimes. So it was a, a guilt, a guilt that I carried around and still do. To this day, I feel like a certain guilt that I was caught up in, in the streets like that. What was your plan once you got out? Well, my first plan was to go to college and get a degree, and I did that. I went to the uh, University of Baltimore, and I graduated and got a bachelor's degree. I really wish I would have stayed in school, so I could have got a PhD degree. I would have been a doctor by now. But, you know, I, I had enough of school. I settled for the bachelor's degree, and I made that the first part of my plan is because when you have a background, it's hard to get a job when you've been uh, previously incarcerated or if you've been arrested, it's really hard to get a good paying job. So I thought that if I go to college, 
maybe that would increase my chances of getting a decent job. And that actually didn't turn out to be so. I had a bachelor's degree. I was applying for jobs, and I still didn't get those jobs. I was like, dang, man. But that was uh, that was ultimately a part of my plan was to get a uh, college education and um and get a decent job. And the other part of my plan was to go to Red Lobster and and get some biscuits and some <laughs> and some seafood. When when I was sitting on my bunk when I was in, in, incarcerated, I would just look at the Red Lobster commercials and I would say, man. Soon as I get out, I want to go to Red Lobster. And for almost 12 years, that's what I thought about Red Lobster. And that was the first meal I had. How did you feel once you returned back home? Um, I felt blessed. I felt grateful that God had given me a second chance. And I felt and I still feel that I have an obligation to help build up those communities that I helped to tear down. Instead of me standing on a corner selling drugs, cussing and crying on a bed, disrespectful, elderly people walking by listening to my mouth, I feel an obligation to um to to build the communities back up. Why is it important for for returning citizens to vote? Oh wow. That is a really good question. And um, uh, I will say that besides being somebody that's formerly incarcerated, I'm also an elected official. I ran for office in the Democratic State Central Committee uh, 40th District. And in 2018, I was elected to that office. And I'm running for re-election for that same office. Um, there's a saying that if you're not at the table, you're on the menu. And what happens, unfortunately, is that lawmakers and elected officials are making decisions for our lives, for the, the schools that we go to, the restaurants we work in, the street lights that's on our corner the lack of uh, places for young people to go and have recreational fun. It's people who are making those decisions. And when we don't vote, and when people don't vote, that means that you are obviously all right with what's happening in your community. And rather than sit around and talk about it, you can actually go to the polls and demonstrate who you think would be a good leader for you. I agree. How do you advocate for returning citizens? One of the ways I advocate for returning citizens is I go to Annapolis every year, every legislative session from January to April. And me and people like Nicole Hansen over at Out for Justice, another one of my comrades, Kiana Johnson out in Prince George's County, and different organizations that I work with, we go to Annapolis and we try to push legislation and policies 
that will help advance the lives of people who are returning home from incarceration. Some of the challenges that formerly incarcerated people face is it's hard for them to find a place to live. It's hard for them to find a job. And it's hard for them to get beyond their past. So we go and advocate for policy that will allow people affordable housing. We go advocate for policy that would allow formerly incarcerated people to be able to attend college. We advocate for policies and legislation that actually gave returning citizens the right to vote because 20 years ago, they weren't able to vote. How do you feel about your work? Um, some days I cry because it's, it's hard and it's difficult to watch people suffer, you know? It's hard to see homeless people on the street suffering. People suffering from drug addiction. To see um, human beings in a bad way is, is tough. So uh, some days I cry, some days I pray, some days I'm encouraged. Um, but yeah, because this, this, you know, you are chosen. People are chosen. When God put a task on you, that's what you have to do. So no matter how hard it gets and no matter how I feel about it, this is something that I have to do. I know I do. I can't, I can't walk away from it. What's your next personal goal? My next personal goal is to have this solar energy company that I started about six months ago provide green jobs for ex-offenders who returning citizens, provide solar energy for black folks who live in predominantly black communities, low-income communities, to provide solar energy to them and to take the solar companies and to build electric chargers in the communities where I grew up in. That is my... Um, Next goal. My second goal is to open up at least two or three transitional houses for women and girls and help them to get through college and to help them get their lives back on track and to not just go out and get, you know, uh, uh, a low skill worker job but to actually get them into a space where they're making seventy, eighty thousand, hundred thousand dollars a year. Thank you for joining us. It was my absolute pleasure. I'm sorry I couldn't actually be there in person. I do apologize and thank you. Thank you for listening to Reflection of Us at the Cube. I'm Reagan. Reflection of Us podcast is a production of Son of a Dream Services Multimedia Resources. 
Our theme music is by JSO for BSM Productions. Be sure to subscribe to Reflection of Us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Thank you for your support.